Hello and welcome to the Squeaky Bum Time podcast presented exclusively on the Chop Sports channel of the Premier Streaming Network. We're recording this on Thursday, January 19th. I am your host, Laurent Cortines. In this episode, we will discuss the massive title tie between Arsenal and Manchester United on the back of Manchester United, indeed showing they are not a contender versus Palace. But first... Manchester City, my beloved Manchester City, show that they have the heart of a champion. If you don't know what happened, you're about to find out. So here we go. Let's go straight into it. This was the game of the day. Uh, Just writing down some notes. This was the game of the day. Um, Spurs, Arsenal, uh, Spurs, Manchester City at the Etihad and on the back of City playing poorly, and City came out flat. Uh, I thought first half, you know, I'm not, I don't necessarily want to go directly into the game. You can watch the game, you can check the highlights, but City came out flat and been playing the way they have been playing with this kind of listless, no urgency. The crowd was flat, and I thought they were playing okay. I mean, um, you know, Guardiola did change a lot of stuff. No Kevin De Bruyne, no Foden, no Silva, uh, Akanji, Stones back in, Akanji Ake, and then young Rico Lewis came in, uh, no Walker, no Cancelo. So a little bit of a change, like, hey, guys, let's get this shit together. And the first half was not great from City. Um, goals came, first half goals came for, for uh, Spurs, from Kuliszewski and Royale within two minutes of each other, right near halftime uh, at around, you know, Kuliszewski's one was a mistake. He cut on the inside, fired it in because he can do things like that. And then the second one was all about Kane showing fight, Rodri not making a tackle, Kane continuing his run, getting a really hard shot in, in on Ederson and Royale just putting it home. Ederson had a bit of a shocker. He played it directly out on the Kuliszewski goal, especially the first one. And then the Royale goal was just, he didn't really uh, come off it and whatever. So we're at the half. City have been controlling, playing okay. Uh, I felt like Grealish played well. The Mares grealish combo that City fans like, we like it. Uh, I thought Grealish was good. Uh, you know, it's always good to see, you know, Another change that I have to say, Holland and Alvarez playing together. Alvarez in the more number 10 role, sort of pushing him behind Holland. And, you know, it was just kind of listless, quiet, didn't feel good. I thought, you know, I was dying in this game. I kind of sat back and in our chat group was just kind of lamenting, oh, where is City? Where is the heart? Where is the fight? Where is anything coming from this team? Mike was uh, in our chat group sort of talking his his Spurs talk, and we were like, hey, what's going on? What's happening? This is terrible. And it just didn't come off. Um, just slow, ponderous. And I thought, you know what? This is City's season, and they are playing like this. They are playing without fight. They are playing without anything. And I just thought... Well, I guess this is in our year. Where is the fight? Where is the final game against Aston Villa? Where is the battling 
kind of team. And I thought about the leadership that's missing from this side. And I thought about how much Guardiola is relied upon to make this team fight, make this team go. Like, what the fuck is going on? And I, I was resigned and I was sad. I wasn't too upset because I kind of feel like this season is a little bit a little bit lost, a little bit not where it needs to be. And, and I just didn't feel good. Um, on the Spurs side, you know, Conte set in deep. It was his regular crew. Nothing, nothing too different to write home about. The big one was I thought Betancourt being in the game was good. He brought in Royale and Perisic again. So it looked like he went back to his group, not Sessignon, not, not Basuma, you know, just went back to his best group. But Davies came back in. And on that side, the Perisic-Davies side, you know, it's the same old Spurs, except this time they're up. And you go into the half thinking, well, if Spurs are up too, then, you know, going into a game, they're going to sit on this lead and, and really try and shut the game down and just make it stop and make the game end and make it a game that City cannot really get into. Um, but that's not what happened. Um, City came out in the second half, and whatever Pep said, whatever maybe it was, maybe it was similar to to this famous Sir Alex Ferguson story of, boys, it's Tottenham. I don't think <laughs> I don't think that Pep does that. The one thing that was interesting was he didn't make any changes. He just kind of said, you know what, you guys, this is your fucking team. This is your fucking game. I'm not taking responsibility for this. You are. You fucking go win this game. I set it up to play well. I set it up and you guys made mistakes, Ederson, uh, playing out. I set it up so that you guys can make it happen. And he trusted the team to show fight and spirit. And that's exactly what they did. He, he put his balls on the table and said, you guys are out here. I picked you. You guys have been complaining. You're not getting enough playing time. You guys have been saying everything goes through Des Moines, everything goes through here. And he said, go fucking do it. And that's what happened. Uh, Riyad Mahrez just decided, I'm going to go terrorize Davies, Perisic, and Betancourt. And he did. Uh, first goal came cutting in. Oh, first goal came from from Al, uh, Al, uh, Julian Alvarez on a you know on a cutback after a little bit of a scramble but it was created by Mares after he he did he did Perisic another goal another assist through 2 minutes later Holland on a header Mares again off a shot and then um from Rodri Mares on 63 so within a 10 minute barrage City go from down 2-0 to up 3-2 and then Spurs change everything Sessignon comes on, Basuma comes on, Richarlison comes on, Royale and Davies come on. So so Conte decided, I'm taking the whole uh, left side of my team out. And I'm putting in uh, I'm putting in new players because he was getting terrorized on that side. Or he was just trying to say to his team, you guys stink. I'm not sure what he was doing, but from a, that perspective, this was a Mares game. He's got this in him. He's got this kind of chip on your shoulder he's got an aloof quality to him that you know when he's playing bad it looks like he's selfish and when he's playing well he scores goals uh so Mares was man of the match by far almost like a 10 out of a 10 holland was good alvarez worked 
the whole game. And then at the end of the game, Alvarez gave his pick shorts to someone. I've never seen that. So he's there in his in his tidy whiteies giving his shorts to someone wearing a I believe it was he was wearing a CAF uh, white sweater. I believe that is the Argentine um, uh, team. Uh, it's either Boca or River, one of the two. I'm going to guess it's Boca uh, or River. Boca, River, not sure. Alvarez played for one of them. I don't remember which one. But uh, Alvarez did end up giving his shorts to the guy and was walking around in his tidy whities Very interesting stuff. But for Spurs, um, this is just a nadir. I mean, it is a low point not because Spurs lost. Um, we know that City are better. We know that they can do things like this, but the manner of it, the second half was a disappearance. A I remember during the chat, the team, the guys were like, "Have Son or Kane touched the ball?" And the answer was no. Um, there was moments that they did come into it for a minute. Uh, Son had a run where Grealish actually ran back and tackled him, uh, which was a cool thing to see Grealish tracking back. But this was really a show that City are not done. Uh, I was concerned that City were going to fall another drop set of drop points behind. I was concerned that it was over, and I was really, really worried after the Derby, after United had their moment in the sun, after they had their shot, where United had the narrative switch shift in their direction to be in the conversation with City to catch Arsenal, especially now that they were going to play Arsenal this week. But we have to now go on to that City game. They also played in midweek, and um, they just did not deliver. So United came down to Selhurst Park and laid an egg. Um, not Sorry, that's not fair. They drew at Selhurst Park, but it was a draw that felt like a loss. And I'll tell you why. This was the first game that United really had a moment to change their narrative, to change, to go from we beat City on the day in a derby to then we beat Crystal Palace, then we beat Arsenal. Now the machine starts rolling. The United drums are rolling. It's almost like, you know, it's almost like an 1880s battle and they're drumming. Boom, 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 and they're coming. But that's not what happened. What really happened was United are just a skirmish. They didn't run into the real force. They went to play Crystal Palace and Drew. Uh, it's not quite Cristambul, the 3-3 uh, from Liverpool. By the way, Manny, that was just for you to, to give you some hurt. Um, it's not quite Cristambul, but it is a drop. Um, United were good against a Palace, and... Uh, Ten Hag was honest with his team. I think that's one of the great things about uh, Ten Hag and his management style. And the Dutch in general, they're very honest. They have this weird <laughs> honesty. And uh, Ten Hag really just came out and said, hey, we needed to score another goal, and we put that game to get to bed. They gave Palace a chance, and Michael Elise on a free kick, top bins, beautiful stuff. Although, to be fair, De Gea made incredible saves to keep um, United in that space. So they drop points. Their first moment to change a narrative, they slip. And that's that. So United, you're not challengers yet, okay? You, as, as your friend Jose Mourinho once said, although I think he said it about Chelsea, you're a little horse. You're still a little horse. 
okay you may think you're a big horse but you're a little horse okay united little horse not ready still need to get more players onto the side but just um let's go into the actual preview on sunday um you do face arsenal uh an arsenal team coming off a good result um at the weekend where they you know defeated spurs i forgot that that north london derby was on sunday so games are just flying around uh <laughs> but uh you know Arsenal take another challenge. So for Arsenal, their season is about hurdles and moments to climb over. United just had their moment and they hit the hurdle. It wasn't a full hit, but they jumped it and knocked it over uh, a draw. So you, for Arsenal, they've leaped over every hurdle and they got that ten, that almost 10 point lead. They are nine points ahead of United. And if they beat them, they put them in really in the rear view mirror. Um, I will say that Veghorst did play for United, so a new transfer, Veghorst came in. He did some stuff. He did some stuff. He put himself about. I think that's interesting. Uh, we do know that uh, Casemiro will miss this game. He uh, had a yellow card accumulation that he was 10 minutes away from not making because the yellow card accumulation does increase in the second half of the season. So five in the first half on game 19, you get another five. And... Um, and Casemiro just missed the cutoff. So uh, he got five in the first 19 games. Thus, he misses this Arsenal game. And that's going to be a big deal because right now, on current form, the Arsenal midfield of Shaka, Partey, and Odegaard is the best midfield in the Premier League. I don't think that is crazy to say. Uh, I think that is perfectly normal to say because De Bruyne has not been good lately. Rodri has been good. Uh, and then no one on City has been at the level of Shaka at the moment. You know, Arsenal are the best team in the league. Their team is on form. They're doing the best they can. They are the team to beat. But United already beat Arsenal. It is away at the Emirates. And this is a chance for Ten Hag to take another step. If, if a draw against Arsenal would be good. Uh, as much as the draw against Palace was bad, a draw against Arsenal would be good. You know, Sancho, uh, just a little bit of news around this game. Gabriel and Reese Nelson are still not available, and El is not available. Martial was not, is still not available, and Diego Dallo is not available. Um, Sancho, other news, Sancho, I'm sure the United fans are looking for him. He's still just floating out there now back with the team getting to work one thing i do have to think about with united is while they are in the top three they have the lowest goal difference of any of the group they are the one team that's really kind of not really the quality of arsenal city and newcastle newcastle is the other one but all those three of those teams have over plus 20 goal differences and united's is eight so these are the things that it's quality. It does matter. Now, it's in the past. I understand that. And you you play how you're going forward. And Ars and United have been better and did have a very deep hole to climb from a couple of losses that they took very heavily, the 6-3, the 3-0, the 5-0, uh, the 2-0 the that they suffered early in the season. So they did have a hole of minus 5, 8 right there. So maybe they're more, more like a 15 minus because some of those uh, big – Big losses came early, but 
you know, it is, it is interesting. So something to think about, something to look at. This is another hurdle for Arsenal. And for me as a City fan, I just want not Arsenal to lose because that would mean United wins. A draw would be fine. Draws are fine because if City take two points on your draw, that's perfect to me. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, next up, we're going to go to Liverpool. And um, just mention uh, Liverpool did have a game. Their FA Cup replay against Wolves was midweek. They did get the win, of course. They were, I believe, were they at home? I can't remember. Now I have to look. I believe they were at home. I had I had all this set up, and I uh, I totally bagged it. No, they were away. They were at the Molyneux, and young Harvey Elliott did get the goal, but that was the only goal. For, for Liverpool, the clean sheet matters. They get off the schneid. They get the draw from Calaherby in goal, and so they take that draw. They move on in the FA Cup. Not going to go through the FA Cup right now, but just wanted to touch on, you know, Liverpool had not lost again. Their next opponents in the FA Cup are Brighton <laughs> away. So good luck there. Uh, you just got your ass kicked by them twice. Well, you, you drew in the other one. I don't think you're going to beat them again, but hey, that's at the end of the month. Uh, we'll see. Uh, that's a little bit of a fun one. But Liverpool come in against Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea got their win. This is a battle of teams that need something out of this game. Um, for Potter, they have made some buys. We know about Murdrick. We know, you know, we don't know if he's going to go right into the side. We know that Shield is in. So there have been moves made by Chelsea in this window. We know about Bowley spending almost half a almost a half a billion dollars since he's taken over the team, and we know that. Liverpool have their problems in the midfield, but so does Chelsea. So I don't know where this goes. This feels very evenly matched at the time. And I think by virtue of it being at Anfield, I give Liverpool the advantage. Because especially they have Salah, they have Nunez, they have people who put the ball in the net. While Chelsea, what is Chelsea's thing right now? What is their identity? They don't really have one. They play well. They don't really give up goals, really. But they're not really at up for the challenge right now. And for Chelsea, it's about hanging on and seeing where they can get at this time. These teams are literally level on 28 points. They're right next to each other. Uh, Chelsea have one, played one more game, but you know they both have eight wins, both have four draws, and Chelsea have one more loss. So it is a battle for who can move their season along and get a good win within the context of their season uh, and feel good about where they are. Um, interesting game. I actually, this is a game I'm looking forward to. I'm really curious as to see how they play, what Chelsea does, how the thing flies together, and how they can actually move each other forward and and see where they are within the context of these games. Um, you know, I am very curious about this one. Uh, and then we do have to think about um, other teams. I, I think, like, the way these games are going, we do now have to think about what is going on with Spurs, who now have to take on 
Fulham in their next game. So Spurs licking their wounds have a really difficult result, a really difficult draw. They get um, they get Fulham at home, and these are the games that Conte has got to find a way. He's got to pick his team off up off the deck. He's got to go against an in-form Tottenham. I mean Fulham, who have have some losses. You know they lost to they lost to um, they lost to Newcastle, but this is a good new. This is a good Fulham team. I don't think there's anything particularly better about Spurs, honestly, than Fulham. Yeah, I mean, I would bet on this game. I would take whatever the odds are. I'd take Fulham in this game. Not really a game I'm too concerned about. Really, I mean, I, I don't know where. I don't know where Spurs go from here. They're really in trouble. Um, it's not crisis. We know Conte can coach. We know he can do things, but it's the feeling. It's the where are they going to go? What's going to happen? Is this season just going to drift and they're going to just finish sixth, get a Europa League bid and kind of have the Harry Kane has to leave thing go on? Or does he just stay and kind of – be the guy who stays? Does Sun want to finally leave and kind of be like, hey, this is nice, but I'm I'm over this. Uh, we know Sun isn't just going to do that, but is this what's going to happen? Are they going to have to fund to get a defender from selling Sun? Is, is Kulishevsky going to be the right person? I don't know what the right answer is, but Spurs season is really about to drift away if they can't get a good result against Fulham. This is a big game. Now, it is not as big as our next game. Uh, West Ham-Everton. This is the ultimate sort of Daishikli's game. This is loser goes home. This is about as narrative as narrative can get. I mean, West Ham, by the way, have signed Danny Ings. This is Justin today. Uh, that's a big signing. I love Danny Ings. Uh, I especially love him uh, for this West Ham team. They need goals. Uh, Danny Ings is a proven finisher. You know, that just means our guy Antonio drops down a bit. Maybe it means Bowen loses some time. Maybe they play a three up front. I'm not sure what happens, but it does give West Ham some firepower. I mean, that's the kind of player. If he was going for $15 million, where are you, Everton? You need Danny Ings. Unbelievable that Danny Ings just goes to West Ham. That takes them out of the relegation zone for me. He's so, so good. Uh, I didn't think that they'd go down anyway, but um, Danny Ings is just a hell of a pickup for West Ham. Uh, I guess Skamaka's more hurt than we expected. Uh, yeah, Skamaka, Lanzini, and Kurt Zuma all on the bench, but they um, only only Skamaka came off the bench. Maybe he doesn't trust them. I don't know. For, for Everton, Patterson, Garner, Michael Keane, and Andros Townsend around. That basically means they have all their guys. Gray and Calvert-Lewin being available. What can Frank Lampard muster? He's got to win this game. Got to. Same with Moyes. Moyes, literally, there's leaks out of the West Ham board that says, if he loses, he gets fired. Let me give you my hot tip. Either of the, these teams... If you're going to fire your manager, hire Ralph Hasenhutl. 
he's the best manager available. What he did with Southampton, I think, is great. He's an attacking manager. He's fun for the league. He's got a weird giant Germanness to him. Hassan Hoodle's your man. Do not retread. Do not go with Benitez. Do not go with Deich. Don't. Hassan Hoodle. You heard it here first. Go with Hassan Hoodle if he wants to. Is he difficult? I don't know, but he sounds good. So both these teams are 18th and 19th respectively on 15 points. So this is a this is a loser leaves town death match that I am all in on. Fantastic stuff here. So uh, we'll pop down to a couple other teams. Palace play. They are sort of floating around at this point. Um, I still like them. Palace are playing. Um, Palace are playing Newcastle. A big game for them. Another game for Newcastle to really try and turn their turn themselves around. Get the back back their winning ways. They were close there for a minute to getting into the top four, but you know they haven't been able to. But Palace are are solidifying their top four spot. Sorry, uh, Newcastle are solidifying their top four spot with Spurs. You know, if they slip, there's really already a five-point gap with Tottenham. So this is a chance for Newcastle to really hold on to that spot with Tottenham losing. A win would put them on 41, jump them over United. The top four are really pulling away just a little bit from the chasing pack. Tottenham, Tottenham are really only the only one you'd think should be there. It would really take a miracle at this point for Liverpool to make up 10 points on Newcastle. I can't see that happening, um, but crazier things have happened. This opportunity with Liverpool and Chelsea falling out of this chance here really gives other teams like Newcastle to be in that spot. And, you know, there we are in a transitional period in the Premier League that I will talk about after we get through a bit more of these games. Uh, Leeds, Brentford in the Battle of Darlings. Uh, I really love this one as well. Um, really think that Leeds have just continued to play well. Nyonto, please check out Nyonto's goal in the FA Cup replay against Cardiff. It is a wonder goal. It is a wonder strike. That team with him in it is just so much fun. Jesse Marsh, people like him. People like him. They are playing for him. Leeds are playing as a unit. They're not getting the results. Are they a defender short? Are they Jesse Marsh short? Is he too naive to get these wins? I don't know. But the league is better with Leeds in it, and Leeds are better with Jesse Marsh at the helm. Yeah! They're at home against Brentford. This is promises to be such a barn burner. And for the deep Premier League heads, if you have a game to watch, Leeds-Brentford is the one to watch. Uh, if this game isn't a 4-4, 4-3, I would be shocked. Uh, it just has all the markings of a fun, crazy game. Tony getting goals. Wissa getting goals. You know, Rodrigo getting goals. We got Bamford now scoring goals again. Our boy Adams. Now, granted, the defense for Leeds is poor, and they pour everything forward, and you can hit them on a break. It's the worst team, for, um, unfortunately, for um <laughs> for Leeds to play is 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 this Brentford side. Unfortunately, our friends Crescencio, Adam Forshaw are out because they're really good and make a difference for Leeds. Uh, Somerville, such a 
exciting player. But that just means that Nyonto and Harrison and Aronson and Rodrigo all can play. So we'll see what, what we get from Leeds. Looking forward to that. Brentford, on the other hand, solid, solid team right there sitting in eighth. They're way going to be safe this year. Another season of Brentford, another season of Thomas Frank, another season of Ivan Tony. Uh, I would hate to see him move, but you know, Brentford, this is their model. This is what they do. They lift players up, they increase their value, and they move them. Uh, in the case of Brentford, if Tony doesn't want to move, don't move him. <laughs> uh, he's the type of player that you just want to hold on to. Uh, we do. I keep bringing it up. He has a massive betting investigation on his back, over 200 and something counts of betting in propriety, which means he bet on football. Uh, that is bad. That is not good. Uh, that is terrible. Uh, but I only bring these two teams up because Leeds is in the relegation battle along with our friends from Bournemouth who play Forest. The mighty Forest does get involved again. Uh, you know, I know the boys from, from Long Island, Mike Redmond, they are looking at heading over to see Nottingham Forest against United for the, um, for the League Cup. Hey, if I could go, I would go. Uh, to get to the city ground would just be an amazing two hours, well worth the 11-hour flight to go there and be in the West Midlands. I'd actually have to go find the Sleaford Mods and just shake their hands, uh, Mr. Williams um, and the Sleaford Mods. If you need a music recommendation, they are the sons. They are sons of Nottingham, and they are great. Uh, go see them live. Uh, but I, like I said, Gary O'Neill. This team is slipping. They did sign a, a winger today. So some reinforcements for Bournemouth at 20 million. For Bournemouth, 20 million is a big number. Uh, and we'll go through some of those transfers at the end of going through these games. And then, um, yeah, for Forrest, picking up a win here for Forrest would just be incredible. Right now, Forrest sitting in 13th on 20, right on schedule to hit 40. If they can match the second half, they'll do it. Steve Cooper. The ugliest man in sports. Did I tell you in August, if Cooper can craft a team out of that crazy transfer window and hang on, he almost got fired and they signed him to the five-year deal, and hang on, we know what kind of coach he is. We saw it already. It happened in the championship, which I would argue is a more difficult league to get out of without having already been in the Premier League. Right. If you spend three or four, like teams don't get promoted out of the champ out of the championship who have been in the championship for many, many years. The yo-yo clubs are the ones that go up and down. So we're seeing Burnley come up, Burnley go down. We're seeing the Sheffield United on the back of Chris Wilder, an amazing coach who did amazing things for Sheffield, spend two seasons in. Now they've got the money. They've got the players. They come back up. So. You don't usually get at don't be a, you're not usually a promotion team if you've been in for a long time because you don't have money. So we're seeing that now with Cooper is gonna keep this Forest team in. I think that he's better than three other teams. I really, really do. Uh, speaking of which, last game, last preview, um, uh, Brighton versus Leicester. Brighton are fantastic right now. They have sold Leandro Trassard, breaking news, to Arsenal. He had a falling out with De Zerbi. De Zerbi said, go fuck yourself. This is happening with these good coaches. 
they have a player that doesn't like the change, they move them out. Goodbye, Aubameyang from Arteta. Goodbye, Ozil from Emery and Arteta. Goodbye, uh, who else was the other one? If you don't want to be here, get the fuck out, right? That's just what you do. Uh, if you want to show control over your team, you've got to move guys out. Sorry, Ten Hag with Cristiano, he had the most difficult, and he won that battle of getting rid of a player who you who is a bigger name than they are player for you. I think Deserby knows that Trossard wanted to move, that Trossard's contract was up and he wasn't going to sign, and that Trossard was a little bit slower. Deserby wanted to play faster, and he had his replacement in Matomo. I'm sure the signing of Matomo really pushed Trossard out, but Brighton are flying right now. They're in seventh. They are ahead of mighty Liverpool after kicking the shit out of them. Uh, and they'll probably beat them in the FA Cup too and winning me $250. Thank you, Brighton. I will always love you. Uh, Graham Potter may not be doing well, but you are doing well. <laughs> uh, Lester, again, until our friend Mr. Um, Mr. James Madison comes back. There is nothing that they can do. Uh, Madison didn't feature, but they could return. So uh, news here that Madison could return, but it doesn't look likely. I mean, Rodgers turned his team around for a bit. Uh, Leicester are in 14th. I mean, I can't believe it's a 13-point gap between Leicester and Brighton. It can fall quickly. So as much as I love Brighton, it can go. As much as I love Bradford, it can go. Leeds, it can go. You really have to stay on top of your club, stay on top of your transfers. Leicester's are a cautionary tale of a team that is selling players and making money but not improving the team or having one transfer go badly, two transfers go badly, and you just drop. Uh, Leicester really need Madison. If Madison is sold, Leicester will go down. It's real. I think the time of the age of Vardy is ending, and the fact that they still play him is actually a problem. So that was the whole week's fixtures. Let me go recap them. Um, the fixture list looks like this. 12.30 Saturday, Liverpool-Chelsea. That's the early game. Southampton-Villa, West Ham-Everton, Bournemouth-Nottingham, Leicester v. Brighton, Palace-Newcastle. Then on Sunday, we get Leeds and Brentford. City versus Wolverhampton Wanderers. I didn't even talk about that game because I didn't even think about it. And then Arsenal v. Man United on Sunday. And then Monday is Spurs versus Fulham. So Spurs take the hit. They get an extra day of damage control. Conte has to come out and have them firing. City will take on the Lopetegui leg Wolverhampton Wanderers, which they'll feel good about. I think, you know, for City, I didn't want to talk about this game because we talked so much about uh, the Tottenham game, but. City should now bounce back. This might be the catalyst. It looks like Ruben Diaz got some minutes and Wolverhampton Wanderers away. City at home should be fine. Uh, I think they're playing better. And the fact that they want to play is good. I'm, I'm happy they're not like in a sit-deep mode. Uh, I thought to round this out, let's go through some transfers. The January transfer window is open. I did mention a couple of items here. We know about Trossard. He comes in for $20 million. Bournemouth signed a winger called Otara from, I'm going to make sure I want to get his name right, Dango Otara from uh, Lorient in France. So he's on the team, and they need him for sure. 
Uh, Chelsea made another signing, PSG winger Maduka. Don't know who that is. Um, Forrest. Who did you sign? Oh, Forrest have signed Christian Wood because I guess they needed him. So another striker comes to Nottingham Forest. So the Chris Wood stolen from Burnley, now going to Forrest. So Chris Wood, a soldier, knows where to go. He's a championship-level flair, but Nottingham Forest now have Chris Wood. New news to me. Um, interesting stuff there. Uh, and then some news on Bellingham. I don't think Bellingham's going anywhere. But let me just go through the team's. Really quickly, alphabetical order. Arsenal, no one in. Aston Villa, lose Moreno and Danny Ings. A, a grab Moreno from Betis. He's already been playing and move out Danny Ings for $15 million. Bournemouth, just have a move come in. Brentford have a couple of players. Romeo Beckham, uh, alone from Inter-Miami. That one's kind of funny. Uh, Brighton bring in a couple of players, uh, none of note. Uh, Chelsea, already with a massive list. Mikalo Mudrik, Badashil, playing already in defense. Another Fofana from Molde, Santos, and Jao Felix, who's already out missing his second game after this one. Um, already moving on. Everton have done nothing yet. Where are you on Ings? Fulham, nothing, uh, aside from Anthony Knockhart being sent out. Uh, Leeds, Ruder is the big one here for Leeds at $35 million. He's a midfielder, big destroyer. Uh, and then Max Wilber from... Red Bull Salzburg leads making moves. Jesse Marsh, knowing the German league, bringing guys in. They needed to replace Matthias Klitsch. Leicester, another one. Make a move. What are you doing? We know about Liverpool and Gakpo. City, nothing. United signing Val Veghorst, we know about. And we know um, about a couple players moving here and there. That's about it. Danny Ings to Wolves. Uh, Wolves making a lot of moves. Matias Cunha coming from Atletico, Sarabia from PSG, and Mario Lamina from Nice. Mario Lamina, old friend from Brighton, now back in to the Premier League. So those are the moves right now. What do they mean? Generally, uh, historically, um, mid-season January moves usually are on the margin because if a player is good, he's not going to move in January. But seeing Danny Ings go to West Ham is a massive one. Seeing Trossard move uh, is a massive one. Um, Maduke for Chelsea moving is apparently a big one. Uh, he's a bit of a showman at PSG, tricky winger. But again, we don't know uh, about these things. Apparently, United have blocked a move for Alanga to go to Everton, so might as well kick a man while he's down. But I don't know. I mean, Alanga doesn't really move the dial. I feel like Everton need a striker. They needed Danny Ings. Anyway, I went through a lot of stuff. Wow. And I am done with the show for today. Uh, thank you, everyone. Thank the Chop Sports Show. Please rate, review the show. The fact that everyone in my WhatsApp group has not rated and reviewed the show makes me angry. Please. It makes a difference. I want to see everyone's name who knows me rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not doing it, you're not a good friend. And I'm giving you all these hours of entertainment and you're not really helping me at all. So please do it. Um, and I will go on to the outro. That was the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast with your host, 
Laurent Cortines. We are the football wing of the Chop Sports Channel and presented exclusively on the Premier Streaming Network. We record on Tuesdays and Fridays. Show, be sure, like I said, to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're listening on Apple, like I said, please, please, please rate and review the show. Thank you and good night. Uh, Manny, go to bed. <laughs>